I believe he has something for us today. We're, we're going to have something from the word, and, and, and I guarantee you I'm going to be using the Bible. Um, I'm, you know, sometimes we can use some other things, but it's going to be the voice of God, and he wants to say something to our hearts today. Uh, we've been talking about love for several weeks now. We're going to go for several weeks more. And uh, just the love of God. Aren't you glad that, that Jesus loves us, uh, that, that our Father loves us? And he loves us in a way that, that, you know, when we say that, we say, yeah, I'm so glad, I'm so glad God loves us. And when we say that, we, we already have our own image of what that is, and it's not even close to what God's love really is. So that's why we're taking a long time just <laughs> talking about this, because I want to see what it really is in a, in a, in a way. If I'm going to know that God loves me and that I can love like he loves, I'm going to have to grow in that by the renewing of my mind by the word of God. What does God say about it? Because I don't want to hear what the world says about it. Man, we got commercials telling us what, what love's supposed to look like. And um, I don't want to hear what the world has to say about it. I want to hear what God has to say. So we're going to look at this, and, and we're just calling this whole series, And the Winner Is. And, and everything, you win when you have love. And, when, and if love's not a part of it, just don't plan on winning. Even if your life says it, that you were some great this or great that, if you didn't have love, it was worthless. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. I just have a little uh, video I'd like to show here before we get going. And if you'll notice the most common word, if, you can, if anybody can give me the most common word, I've got a Cadillac outside for you. No, when we get done. But if, if you can be listening close, okay? Some I love me some shopping. I love me some weights. I love me some selfies. I love me some cats. I love me some mint condition first edition superhero comics. Love me. I love me. love what matters. Isn't that good? So they were saying, I, I love me something. It's always about me, usually. Even in a, you know, in a relationship, a lot of times the, the thing that we think that we love about them is, is what they're doing for us. And um, man, I, I'm loving... I'm loving me some word of God <laughs> when it comes to, to what we're talking about because even, I mean, it's just in the last couple of days, what, we're gonna, what I'm going to share with you today, it, it, God always sees things a little different than we do, and it's critical that we make that adjustment. That's what the transformation of our mind is, and it never stops. It's a continual thing. And so um, this is going to be a fun one today. Uh, we're going to talk about that love is not self-seeking. And we've pointed out that the battle of love is between self and giving, right? Before we go there, we've established some things in some previous sermons here that I'm just going to talk about real quick. 
then again, you are nothing, you gain nothing apart from love. To mature in love, you'll always have to put away childish things. So to me, every week that we're coming together, every time we go, actually, you could do it on a daily basis. You could say, God, show me. You could go to 1 Corinthians 13, read it every day and say, God, take some childish things away from me today because that's what it takes. And we have to realize that maybe we're the ones that have to change, right? Um, and, and the 13th chapter talks about that a little bit later. But with love, there is actually no clock also. This is for everybody. We want to put people in categories where people can be loved and where they don't need to be loved based upon how long they've been bothering me. They're on my last nerve, so they don't, have, they don't get my love, right? <laughs> or they've done this bad enough to me, and so now I don't have to love them. No, with, with, with the kind of love that God, and I'm just so glad for this, with God, because, man, I've messed up. As God, I, I, like David, I'm thankful that his mercies are new every morning, but I'm thankful that they're not just mercies. They're mercies that are bundled up in love because he, he embraces us even in the middle of our, man, endless transgressions. And he says, I did that, not just so you can go out and not do that. I want you to do it too, right? Um, so the needs of self are no longer even considered. And I'll tell you what, this we're going to look at something today because how many took a bath this morning or a shower, at least in the last week? Um, you did something to your teeth, you know, you might have trimmed some nose hairs. You know, you might have, my wife makes sure I trim my eyebrows. My eyebrows, isn't that amazing? Eyebrows will just keep growing, you know? And um, I guess, you know, something about getting real old is you just don't have to care about any of that anymore, I guess. I don't know. My wife's going to make sure I don't get real old ever uh, because my eyebrows are going to be trimmed. <laughs> but we're going to look at something today that I think is, is what God wants to take us to is it's very important what you're doing with yourself if you're going to be able to not consider yourself <laughs> when it comes to love. And it's almost like an oxymoron taking place in this, in this directive that we're given in, in love here. So we're in, we've only made it to the fifth verse, and, we're, and, and each verse has like four things in it about love. And, and we've noticed also that what it's, what, what it's talking about is what love isn't, what love does not have. And, and when I look at that, I want to say, if there's ever love, there can't be any of this. This isn't kind of like a gray matter. This isn't 50 shades of gray into love, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> or, or white into love or whatever you would want to call that. It's, there, there is none of these things if there is love. And so there is no self-seeking. It is not self-seeking. And the Amplified says, love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own Rights. How many have some rights? How many know you have some rights in the word of God even? The devil has no hold on us anymore, does he? He can't tell us that we're sinners anymore. We we're saved by grace, not by anything that we've done. Nobody's going to tell me I'm a sinner anymore. I can do whatever I want to do, can I? Mm, technically, but technically maybe not. We'll look at this a little bit, okay? <laughs> because we're not just unto our own anymore. We have rights, but we don't consider them when we're in love. We let go of our rights, right? It does not consider its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. 
King James, seeketh not her own. I'm glad I'm a man, so his own too, I guess. Isn't always me first, the message, all right? So, I don't know about you, but, well, let me get through this definition, and I'll give you the, I don't know about you, but, all right? Uh, The Thayer's definition of this is to seek in order to find. That means you're actually actively pursuing something, right? Uh, uh, To seek a thing, to seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning, or inquire into, to seek after, to seek for, aim at, strive after, to seek, require, demand, to crave, demand something for someone. So that it's a part of your, your emotion, isn't it? We are all driven by uh, a lot of things that have to do with ourself. I've been listening to some teaching that says that our natural person, the first thing that we care about naturally just in our emotions is our defense. We want to protect ourselves. We're going to naturally protect ourselves without even having to tell ourselves to do it. It's just natural. We're going to seek out to preserve ourselves, right? It's just a natural thing. So, when we're talking about this, and 1 Corinthians comes along and, and tells us that we are that love never seeks its own, and 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. I think one, trans, I think the, uh, the, one translation says the wealth, your own wealth, but the good of others. So, so here's, here's my problem with this. If we're told to do this, it almost sounds like we're being told not to even think about ourselves at all, doesn't it? Isn't that almost what it sounds like? He doesn't ever seek his own. So that means I don't have to do anything with myself anymore. I don't have to trim my eyebrows. I don't have to, to, to trim my nose hairs. I don't have to shave. I don't have to use deodorant. I don't have to shower. I don't have to do All I have to do is care about. But here's the problem. If you're doing that, you're not going to be much use for somebody else. Right? You're going to stink. <laughs> so there's a there's a reality in the word of God that we're going to look at here that I think is going to be helpful for us. How many want to be helped with this? Is this ever been a problem for you reading this? You say we're going to look at something else that Jesus said that's really hard to swallow. Um so we're never to care for ourselves at all. That's my question. Is that your did you even think about that? Or you said, no, no, I'm never going to seek my own. No. Yeah, you are. <laughs> right? In fact, you better. But here's where God's love comes in and he adjusts how we're even thinking about something that we don't even know we're doing, we're naturally doing, but it takes on a different purpose. It takes on a higher purpose with God, okay? And so it, it, in the word of God, there's comparative things that are spoken that almost sound like they're, a, they're a, a black and white, and really they're just saying compared to. Because in, in Luke 14, 26, Jesus says, unless you hate, and he goes down and names every person in your family, unless you hate your father, unless you hate your mother, unless you hate everybody in your family, you can't be in the kingdom. Have you, ever, have you read that and said, okay, right? 
But what it is, it's in comparison to. It's in comparison. And, and here's where the comparison is drawn. It's going to be very, it's, it's very powerful for me seeing this. Be there with me, okay? Can we be there together on this? <laughs> is it actually doesn't mean anything to hate somebody else unless, unless there's something to compare it to. In fact, the greater the comparison is, the greater their, the, the, the altercation is. If you can see this with me. Um, In Mark 12, Jesus is talking about, the, he says, I came to fulfill all the law, right? And now the, all, there's, only, there's only two commands, right? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And it's kind of interesting if you go back in the Old Testament and see where that came from. It doesn't include the mind. But in the New Testament, it's, every time it says it, it includes the mind. Because the mind is going to have to be something that's a part of this. We're going to have to, it's like it says, let this mind be in you, which is, was in Christ Jesus, so that we can be the same in this, right? But when he's saying this, it sounds like two commands. And I was looking at this yesterday, and I thought, you know what? There's three commands. <laughs> We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, and then love our neighbor as who? Ourself. You can, it doesn't mean anything to love your neighbor if you haven't learned how to love yourself, does it? But it becomes a comparison thing. How can you love somebody else better? Because in comparison, you're going to have to not even seek yourself at all and you're going to have to love them instead, right? But that means nothing if you don't love yourself. Does that make sense? Because it's a comparison thing. You know, we, we, were, we were speaking some things over ourselves here this morning that, that, that were powerful. In Christ, we've been given newness of life. We've been given abundant life. Amen? Jesus came to give us life and life abundant. He's, he came to make us more than conquerors. We sang a song at the beginning about this. Through you, I can do anything. Does that sound like a winner or what? That sounds like somebody that's, that's successful. That sounds like somebody that could really think a lot of themselves, except for if they're fully aware of where that's coming from. And then they find out that the reason why they've been made to be this superhuman being in Christ so that they can elevate somebody else up. And in comparison, they aren't even seeking their own at all. God wants to take us, because in the last weeks we've been talking about not boasting, not being proud. Why are those an issue for this reason? It's because at the time when God's love is going to touch somebody else, He's, it's, they're going to be touched through us. And they're going to be touched through us if we've been made to be everything that we can be in Christ. We're not a loser. We're not lacking. We're not sick. We're not overcome. Right? We're ahead. We're not the tail. We're, we're above and not beneath. We're doing the thing. But that does nothing for you if your focus is on you in that. Does this make sense? 
The purpose in being everything that we've been made to be in Christ is so that our eyes can get completely off ourselves. And we're not even seeking ourselves anymore. We've already found ourselves in Christ. Is this all right? So, all right, we've got a few to go through here. So the problem is how to fulfill when self or me is in the middle of the equation. How can you fulfill this command that we're not supposed to be self-seeking if our self is in the middle of it? How can you accomplish this? It's not a common or a natural occurrence. It's very un- This is a very unusual thing. Does anybody know anybody like this? You know, maybe... Uh, See, see, see the problem. Well, I don't. I was going to talk about, um, uh, you know, there's some famous people that are totally poor, but that have have done a lot for somebody else. And um, there's actually some people that are very rich that have been more effective at doing a lot for somebody else when they're not just seeking their own, right? Ah. Uh, But let's go ahead and look at Philippians 2.20. So Paul is is, uh, talking about Timothy. And Timothy is a young man that has listened to Paul. He's found out who he is in Christ. He's a winner. He's an overcomer. And he's talking about Paul's talking about Timothy, and he says, I have no one else. And this is, this is the New Testament church. Wouldn't it be great to be in the New Testament church? You know, He's talking about the New Testament church, and he's saying, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. welfare. Why would there be nobody else that has genuine concern for Paul's or the, the Philippians' welfare? It's because they're believing who they can be in Christ. The focus is on self. Does this make sense? For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. What I thought was really interesting is the verse before, it said, there's nobody that's willing to look out for your welfare. And then the next verse, it says, for Jesus Christ. Doesn't it? Because what is, what is it when you are caring for the church, when you are caring for somebody else? It's caring for Jesus Christ, isn't it? We saw that last week. Jesus said, if you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. Right? Okay. Let me go on. The answer is, first of all, if you go back to what Jesus said, you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself, well, the key is going to need to be to receive it, to receive God's love. How many have received God's love? Amen? How have you received God's love? Is there somebody in your life that you feel like needs to receive God's love? How are they going to receive God's love? Right? This is why what Pastor Kim was saying is very, very essential. The reason why we're here today is 
for God's love. How do we receive God's love? And this is, it's, it's a humbling thing. It's something that we have to say, I need to receive God's love. You can, you can go home and you can just talk to God yourself, but you know how God wants to, to give his love towards us? It's through each other, right? How can you love your neighbor as yourself if yourself hasn't even been loved? You get it from God, don't you? You love because God loves you. And how does God love you? He loves you through us. Amen? Is that how it's taken place? God loves the whole world. Who feels his love? The ones that are, he's ministering to through someone. Is that true? Why is this love thing so important? Because that's how God's getting his love to somebody else. Amen? 1 John 4. God, help us to see this. Help us to see this. 1 John 4.10. This is love. Not what's on TV. Not what's anywhere else. This is love. Not that we loved God. You know, sometimes we, we... How many love God? Yes, I love God. Well, you know what? This is saying that's not a really big deal that you love God. But he loves us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How is, why did Jesus come? He came to be, to live in us, to breathe in us. Why did Jesus give his life? So that his very life could come and be inside of us. So that when we go see somebody else in, the, in our job, our neighbor. But where do we get that love to give to the neighbor? We get it. When we receive it, here's, here's something that I, that I think is essential for us to, 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 to become who we are made to be in Christ. There's this receiving, and the, the core part of it that, that is the basis of it is his love. We have to receive that. You get full of it. You get overwhelmed with it. I'm so thankful that I get it all on my own to a degree. But God wants to, he wants me to get something from you when we come together. Amen? And so church becomes a, a coming with something to give where you're not self-seeking. You're not coming with what you're going to get. You're coming with what you're going to give. And in the process, you get. You get loved when you're loving. Amen? Help us to see this, Father. So, we're told not to be self-seeking, that love is not self-seeking, right? So how are we going to get past the self? We're going to get so full of who we are that we're no longer concerned with self. Amen? And that comes from being a part of a body. All right, Philemon 1.6. I like this. This is, this is just, this is light bulbs for me. Can we have light bulbs together? Maybe you should teach us. I'll give you the, <laughs> I'll give you the verses and you can get the light bulbs. Father, help us to see those same light bulbs. 
that the communication of your faith may become effectual by acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So he's actually talking to more than one person that the communication of your faith, what is our faith? It's in, it's in the gospel, isn't it? God so loved us that he sent Jesus. But it becomes effectual when you begin to acknowledge everything that's in you first. So here's how we're getting past this. We're not failing to acknowledge who we are. We're not failing to take a bath. We're not failing to not take care of ourselves. No, we're taking care of ourselves completely. In fact, the more we take care of ourselves and acknowledge every good thing that we've been given in Christ and begin to live in it and live in the victory that we are in Christ, amen? Then our faith becomes effectual. Now we're able to communicate it to somebody else. So we're not self-seeking. And here, and here, here is the, here's the wonderful thing here. This next thing is very critical. Can we all get ready to really get something big here? This is like a big, big um, light bulb, all right? Larry was telling me about the light bulb in the, on the yard out here. We didn't have one for a couple of weeks, and he just put a new one in, and you said it was a great big thing. And, and that's not a little light bulb. That's a big light bulb. So we got a big light bulb here, okay? All right. <laughs> so Jesus is talking about this, and, he, and he's saying... The kingdom is, is completely different. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. This does not sound like fun stuff, does it? Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. There's this, there's this concept of, of servanthood that Jesus is talking about here. And I believe it goes directly to an understanding we can get about not being self-seeking. How many have ever been to a five-star hotel? Anybody been to a really nice place? where they? I, I'm not talking about just one of the uh, franchises down on 1431. There's some wonderful people in there doing their best to serve. But if you've ever been to a, like a really high-end restaurant, before you even walk in the door, you feel like something special, don't you? You know, you drop a piece of paper, it's picked up before you can reach down and get it, right? <laughs> if you go to a hotel, they carry all your bags, you can't carry anything. You know, if, if you need, they, they, they ask you something before you even... They can tell you want it before you even know you want it. What's that? All right. <laughs> Should I tell that or no? Oh, yeah. oh. Quick story. We went to Australia back in 2000 when they recorded that Shout to the Lord 2000 album. Anyway. We got down there and I had I had another pastor's credit card so we couldn't get our our no, don't, we don't need to go into a whole bunch of details. but It was supposed to be all of our, our pastors, but one of them had, had signed on it 
so I couldn't. Um, and it was on the 4th of July. So we called home. We couldn't get a hold of anybody. We couldn't, we couldn't get our car. And so uh, we, we couldn't hardly do anything. Finally, we had, I think we had enough cash to take a taxi to the hotel. We got to the hotel. They had those, what do you call them, concierge, you know? And I mean, they say, oh, you need a car? We'll get your car for you. And they don't even ask us for money yet, you know? Of course, it was already on a thing. But, but they're, they're, they're waiting on you. And, and, and what, what do you notice about those people that are serving you? Do they look like they just crawled out of bed? Huh? Can you, did they get a lot of B.O.? Huh? As far as I can tell, as soon as I come into their presence, they don't care about themselves, do they? At that moment, they're concerned about me. Their main job is to take care of me, right? But they're of no use if they haven't taken care of themselves first. Man, this is good. Jesus came. You think Jesus took care of himself? You know, he walked every day with a temptation to sin. And you know why he didn't? Because he was ready to serve us. And he would have, wouldn't have been in any position to do so if he had failed to take care of himself. There's a reason why we need to be righteous. There's a reason why we need to be holy. Amen? There's a reason why we need to be rich. There's a reason why we need to be healthy. There's a reason why everything that Jesus did for us, we need to acknowledge so that the communication of our faith could be effectual, so that we're not concerned about ourselves, but we're ready that when we come into that moment, that when somebody's in need, we don't have to think about ourselves anymore. They've become top priority. Amen? This is not telling us to not take care of itself, ourselves. It's saying, you better, now there's a responsibility on you because if you're going to be any kind of servant at all, you better have taken care of yourself. And you don't have any excuse to not be. Amen? At the moment of service, you better have taken care of yourself. And in Christ, we have every opportunity to. We can't be carrying a cloud of oppression around. Amen? Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Amen? Why? Because God wants to love somebody and they're going to be loved through us. Amen? But not if we haven't been taking care of ourselves. So that's almost like an oxymoron. Love is not self-seeking and yet it has to take care of self first. Amen? So, I went ahead and read Romans. I didn't mean to, but um, what this is talking about is that in our spiritual acknowledging of everything that we are in Christ, if it's about us at all, then we can be condemning of somebody else that isn't there yet. Does this make sense? And we can be so free 
of an, an into an ability to do this and to do that in our rights. And our rights disable us as a servant instead of liberating us to be a servant. Amen? What our rights are supposed to take us to is to a place that when we get into the presence of somebody that needs to be served, we're no longer thinking about ourselves. Amen? You can't even be in pride when you're a servant. Your whole purpose is to take care of the needs of somebody else. That's what, and see, Paul, it must have grieved his heart somewhat to say that. I have nobody else to do this. This requires revelation from God, what we're talking about here this morning. Amen? And it requires transformation because we are so naturally used to preserving ourselves. And at the time of service need, we're still thinking about ourselves. How do we get over this again? It's getting full of the love of God. It's becoming... Here's, there's, there's two ways that we can come together when we come, come to church. And we talked about this a little bit already. But we come ready to give. Amen? We come mindful of who we are in Christ. Assured of what we've already been filled up with. We go to the Word of God, and there's a purpose for us coming together. What is it for? To build each other so that we can be ministers, right? This isn't just my job. This is all of us. This is all of us together. That's, and now, if we just stop there, it would say, mm, that's a lot of work. But also, we come ready to receive, because this is where we are to humble ourselves to get filled up with God's love. You know what I'm talking about this morning and every, every morning that we come together? Anytime the Word, Wednesdays, whenever we're opening up the Word of God, you know what it is an opportunity to do is to receive God's love. His Word is His love. Amen? And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest passions I have and the things that, that I am tempted to be frustrated with most is that the word of, that God shares through me is not received and not making a bit of difference in somebody's life. Because every time I share, I feel like it's from the heart of God. You know? And, and, and when, I, when I'm, I'm seeing in this context of what love is, you cannot love if you're not receiving love. How does God communicate love to you? He will do it through his body. He will do it through me. He will do it through each other. Somebody else. Why is fellowship so much important? Because when we fellowship, it's a communication of God's heart to each other. Amen? People accepting each other for who they are, not rejecting each other for the way they look or they don't look. Right? So I see being a part of a body, there's an obligation to know who you are so you can give something. 
But then there's a big obligation to say, I'm going there hungry for what I'm going to get from somebody else when I come. Because from that is where I get... I'm not going to be presumptuous and think that I don't need anybody else in my life. You know what that is? That's pride. And you don't receive where there's pride. God resists. If you're going to get something from God and you're proud about it, God's resisting that. You're not getting love from Him. And you cannot love if you're not getting love from God. Is that true? So to receive God's love, there needs to be an openness when we come and we, we, we recognize and we humble ourselves. And God loves the humble. And he says, come to me. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to love you, right? But we, we come humble looking to be fed by each other when we come. What is the, look that, the, the embrace that we have for each other? It's something I like to give, but it's I'm receiving when I do it. Amen. And then, let's just go on to this next one. Romans 15, 1. So we who are what? Who, who, how, how do you get strong? You get full of what, acknowledging what has been done for you in Christ, right? You become secure in that. You become able to um, to do things that you might not have done before with confidence. Amen? But the purpose of that is not so that you can be above somebody else. Do you, do you see the two things in the same verse going on? <laughs> Those who are strong, they're not weak. They're strong. They become strong in the, in the Lord, in the power of his might. They're walking in victory. They're walking in overcoming power, right? What are they able to do? They're, they're able to help somebody that's weak. If they're not seeking their own, the pursuit. So here's what I, I, I want us to see. Let me finish this. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. So here's how I'm seeing this together. Uh, let me just finish this next slide. And I, I want to I, I bring this together and we can finish this. Amen? In Christ, there's a great responsibility to utilize every availability for strength with a, a different purpose now. How many have, have had something in your life that, you, that, that you've accomplished and, and you get the accolades for it and then it's just kind of over with? You know, you know I, I got these honors in high school and everything else and you know what? They're not really worth too much right now. But there's a reason why we get strong. There's a reason why we, everything's coming to us and it takes on a huge importance. It takes on a huge purpose if it goes way beyond us. Amen? You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your flesh. How cheap would it be for us to, to know who we are in Christ and then just be proud about that? Its whole purpose is to serve somebody else. Serve one another humbly 
in love. When you're serving somebody else, how are you able to do it? We've already said this. You have to be strong already. It's not about you being weak or never taking care of yourself. But at the moment you come in contact with the servant opportunity, your needs are lost. You're not even talking about yourself anymore. Even as wonderful as you are. Right? (laughs) I love this. I love this. Because I'm not supposed to not take care of my spell. No. In fact, now it's demanded of me. I need to get up early in the morning so I can be everything that I can be. I need to not waste time. I need to not be... I, I need to keep my mind sharp. I need to keep my body under, like Paul said, right? I keep my body under. I'm going to eat right. So many things, and these are all about me. And they're not bad, but they now they have a purpose. Why am I taking care of myself now to serve? Does this make sense? (laughs) So that I can comply with love. In fact, I can fulfill love in not being self-seeking by turning it into everything about me becomes about somebody else. Amen? <laughs> and now I, I, I can't be in pride. I can't boast. I can't do any of those things because, no, everything about me is just to serve somebody else. So if you see something good in me, it better be doing something for somebody else. Amen? From him... The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This doesn't say that each part is just there for something else. No, it's doing its part. It's doing its part. What happens, you know, and I found this out recently. <laughs> I, I had a thing on my shoulder. It was embarrassing. I think I, I worked out or something, and, and, I, and I tore something in my rotary cuff here, and I became helpless. Just, just a whimpering noodle, you know. And God healed me because I would still be sick like that. <laughs> but, but all it t- I mean, just this little, this little nerve in my shoulder. It's like I, I couldn't stand up. I couldn't, I couldn't lay down. I, I couldn't sleep because I could never get comfortable. All it takes is one little thing not being what it's supposed to be, and it can no longer serve the rest of the body because it's not taking care of itself. Amen. There's a reason why we have to be connected because I need my shoulder to help me do a thing or two. But my shoulder needs me. Amen? And it's all because of love. It's all wrapped up in love. It's all about us being joined together in love. And as long as it's just about one thing, it's, 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 we're not a body. You're not a part of a body. If, if you're just thinking about yourself. It has to be the whole, the whole purpose. Isn't it amazing how just your, your, your pinky toe can just mess you up big time? Right? You know, the whole purpose of my pinky toe is to stay healthy. 
right? It, 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 it. Toe, you better stay healthy. None of that getting infected, you know, none of that kind of stuff. You better stay healthy because you need to hold me up. You need to help me walk. You know, over in Africa, I was in Africa for a little while. They, <laughs> we, had a, we had a servant, and I was thinking about this. I don't, when I went to Africa, I, did, I, I, I lost a little bit of my feeling sorry for missionaries because uh, they all would hire uh, servants for like $10, 10 cents an hour or something like that. Isn't that about, <laughs> it was really, it was like nothing. And these, these servants would just take care of everything you did. But one of the things they did that I thought was interesting is they would, um, you know, they would, they would wash our clothes and they would hang them up outside. But then they would have to iron all of them because there were flies that would lay eggs in your clothes. And they were the kind that, that when you put your clothes on, they would burrow into your skin. In fact, walking around, you had to be very careful because they, they, would, they would get up into your f- foot like a, a worm, and they would, um, you'd have to dig them out. Nasty things, yeah. So toe, I don't want any of those worms. Getting, you better stay healthy. You better speak the word over yourself because I need you to be there. <laughs> Amen? We're, we're to be a body that is built up from being together. How does that happen? When we're no longer just self-seeking. My purpose is for me to become everything that I can be so that I can be everything I need to be for you. Amen? Amen? Don't you love this love stuff? Kind of gives, it puts some big responsibility on us though. Amen? You know, I, I've grown up, I, I had a guy follow me around with index cards, wanting to make sure that I knew, found out everything I was in Christ and spoke it over myself all the time. So I had made sure I had index cards. And, uh, and Dean, he was a wonderful brother. He's passed away, actually. Um, and uh, so I've, 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 I've been under this understanding of knowing what the word is and knowing what I can be in Christ and everything else. And I've always had this, this focus on me. And you know, I've been frustrated from time to time. Because as long as it's just about me, it never gets out. You know, for, uh, if, a, if a river's just flowing in, it turns into a nasty, stinky pool, doesn't it? It's just not productive. But it has to get out. The whole purpose of everything that is declared that I am in Christ, in the Word of God, I need to do that. And now, it's not just about whether I'm doing... How many, how many speak the Word over yourself? How many, how many have times of, of meditation and prayer with God? And how many are faithful to read the Word every day? And don't, You don't have to raise your hand. I don't want anybody being embarrassed this morning. But, but, <laughs> but here's a clue. It's not about you. It's not just about you. If you're just doing that to seek yourself, it's not love. But when it turns into love, man, I have to do it every day. I have to speak those things over myself. I have to be holy. I have to choose what's right. Amen?
Because love has a purpose in my life, and it's not just me. And here's the beautiful part of, uh, of this, is this always works. <laughs> How many have gotten oppressed or depressed or overcome by circumstances in life? They can, they can overcome you. But when it's about love, it's never about you in the first place. So you can't ever get dis- depressed. Amen? It's not ever a failure. It's just always a part of what you're being enabled to do for somebody else. Is this good? I think this is very powerful. But we need God to help us with this, don't we? I don't know about you, but I need God to help me. Renew. You know, there's a scripture that talks about everything. The Spirit will bring everything to our remembrance. I, I, when, I, when I take, we have a little six-year-old boy that we're blessed to raise. And he's, our, he's, my, he's my son. Take him to school in the morning, and, and we, I, I can do all things through Christ. He, he, he repeats all, this thi- all these things after me. And one of, the, um, um, one of the things I have him say is, is that the Spirit will bring everything to my remembrance. And he has a hard time saying that. He doesn't even know what that means, you know, because <laughs> we don't say remembrance too much, do we? To my memory. He brings everything to my What do I need him to bring to my memory? Just... You know what, I, th- I think he'll bring practical things too, but I need him to bring this to my memory when I need it. When I'm thinking about myself and, 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 and even the word of God just being about me. I want to give so it can be given unto me, not so I can, it, it be about me. I want to become rich so that I can bless. Amen. And God wants me to be that. That's Jesus came. He became poor so that I could be that way. But not for me. Isn't this wonderful? It takes on a beautiful side. It's not this stinky me stuff, you know, right? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for loving us, for demonstrating these things to us. It's amazing how Jesus, when he got around people that were in desperate need, he was the son of God. He was the prince of peace. And he would get in the presence of somebody that was stinky, that was disabled in some way, that had been living on the street. And as wonderful as he was, he, at that moment he was not seeking his own at all. He was seeking to do good for somebody. He was a servant. And on the way to the cross, he was carrying his own cross. And and here he was, still this this person that could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him. And he didn't do it. Because he loved. And he demonstrated that love. To save us, to deliver us, but to also show us. And he wouldn't have been able to go 
to the cross. He wouldn't have been able to serve us in, the, in this amazing way that he's done if he hadn't have walked every day taking care of himself. Finding out who he was from the word of God so that he could walk out everything and become the servant that the Father needed him to be. Father, we thank you for loving us this way. We thank you that everything about love is demonstrated in you and we find and is revealed to us in you. And Lord, I thank you that in our relationship with you, this is not something that you put upon us as a responsibility in itself, but you say, by the Spirit, you will show us how to do this if we just lend our hearts, lend our minds to it, and say, God, show me. I yield my spirit to you now. Here's my body, a living sacrifice before you. Help me to be that part of your body that is, is healthy, that is strong, that is in position to be completely oblivious of its own condition in the presence of somebody else in need. In fact, so equipped to fulfill a need with abundance to fulfill a need with healing, to fulfill a need with, with a caring heart. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that for every person in the, this place, there is deliverance from the bondage of self. There's a deliverance from its bondage to its strength that in Christ there is a life of purpose. There's a life of fulfillment. A life that is continually being filled with the love of God by the Spirit and by the way He wants to minister to us through His body. Father, as we go here today, I pray that the truth from your word, it would be revelation to our hearts, it would be transformation to our lives. I pray that you would bring it to our memory. And that as we walk through our lives, Father God, there would be a, an opportunity for love to live through us in a greater and greater way as we become a body that's functioning strong as with you as our head. We give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen.